here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. All right, welcome into the Raiders Wire podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe. Find us on your phone, wherever you get your pods. Uh, And we've been talking about this Raiders team, Marcus, about their wild comebacks. And I guess you just can't do this every week, right? You can't spot a team two touchdown, three touchdown leads and and come back every single week. Eventually, that thing's going to catch up to you. Yeah, especially against Justin Herbert, who can put the ball wherever he wants. Phenomenal. No, he is. He is so, so good. But... No, you knew it would eventually catch up to him. It caught up to him in a big Monday night football game. And I think they're going to learn from it and, you know, try to come out a, a little faster next week. Yeah, it's just like it's 21 nothing, Marcus. And I just got my head in my hands. I'm like, come on, Gordon. Like, how does this keep happening? He had a really but, interesting, right? He referenced like a boxing match kind of post game. Yeah, he, he says the equivalent of getting knocked down three times in the first round. You're just never going to win that fight. And he's right. I mean, they, they did make it at least interesting for a while. Like there was a couple moments where it was like, you know what? Maybe they could actually tie this game up, but uh, I don't think the Chargers ever really felt threatened in that one. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think my big question for you coming into this, uh, this week in this episode of the pod is just why are the Raiders so freaking bad in the first half of these games, Marcus? And they're so, and they're great in the second half. And even Derek Carr turns it on first drive of that third quarter. Here we go. They're back in it. They have scored 31 points in the first half and 73 in the second half in overtime. So I think their biggest problem right now is that what's that old adage? Like you, you're too cold coming off the bus or whatever. You got you to gotta be ready to play right off the bus or whatever. I mean, for some reason, they suck in the first half, and they just got to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, yesterday you might be able to use the, the weather delay excuse, but it's been a trend for multiple games now. So yeah, I don't know whether it's that Gruden wants to try to establish the run early on or if he's trying to protect a bad offensive line. I'm not sure what's going on because he's usually one of the best coaches in the league at scripting out the first couple drives. So. I'm not sure what the answer is. It definitely seems like maybe taking some more shots down the field early on in the game would help. Uh, but it's certainly a problem on both sides of the ball. And, and you can't overstate how bad they were in this first half, Marcus. Um, I'm just going to run through the first half drives because this is okay. ridiculous. Three plays, three yards. Three plays, minus eight yards. Three plays, no yards. That's one of your better drives. They had two drives worse than zero yards. Four plays, seven yards. Six plays, 18 yards. Three plays, nine yards. Two plays, minus three. That was your first half drives against the Chargers. It was 24 plays at 26 yards. So that is, uh, that's not good football. No, it's, it's not good football at all. And it's, it's, it can't happen. If they want to make the playoffs, they've got to be better to start these games off. They've got to put themselves uh, in in the lead because this defense, it's, I think it's improved. But it's not good enough to get, you know, the whole team's under 17 points. Like, they need to be playing from ahead. So it's something that obviously needs to be fixed. We're 3-0, and and they've been able to kind of mask the offensive line too, right? Like, they've yeah. had some issues with the O-line, but they've been able to mask it with these crazy comebacks. And I think in this game, you couldn't mask it, right? And Joey Bosa was talking no. about it post game, and Carr was sacked four times. He was hit a bunch. He was pressured a lot. He was definitely feeling the rush. And I think this is the, this is the first game where – they couldn't hide the offensive line issues, Marcus. They came back to bite them in this one. So not only were they giving up sacks and pressure, but they had a ton of penalties, right? Yep, Alex yep. Leatherwood had two penalties in this game uh, that just put them behind the chains. And when you're not running the ball particularly well, 
you just can't do that. So Gruden talked about uh, on Tuesday about, you know, they knew there were going to be some growing pains with this offensive line, especially Alex Leatherwood, but they didn't anticipate all the injuries to Richie Incognito and Denzel Good, and they were moving guards around in this game. So it's certainly, we knew coming into the year it was going to be a weakness. It certainly doesn't look like it's improved. Um, that's got to be the most concerning thing for the Raiders fans going forward. Yeah, but on a positive note, the Raiders showed some life in the second half. As you mm-hmm. said, Marcus, they made it a one-score game again. It's like, here we go. Raiders are going to do it again. Yeah. You know, they're still tied for first in the AFC West at 3-1. and one, And I think if you told us they'd be 3-1 and one through these first four, we <laughs> would have take taken it. that and run, right? Yes. A very tough schedule to start, right? Like two Monday night football games against mm-hmm. decent opponents, a trip to Pittsburgh, and then a home game against a Dolphins team that won 10 games last year. Like that was a tough four game stretch to three and one. So we can't be too mad at them, right? Like that's where no, we're at. Not, not at all. And again, you're you're still atop of the division. I know the Chargers have the tiebreaker, but three and one with nobody else in the AFC having more than three wins, like. You're fine. You're fine. Like it's it's just important to get through the first month of the season at least two and two. They're three and one. The schedule does lighten up a little bit here in the middle part of the year, so they're they're still in good shape. Some bad news on the injury front. You wrote about it on the Raiders Wire, Marcus. I want to get to that. Let's do it on the other side. But first, our friend Corey Bonini of thehuddle.com has his fantasy plays of the week. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Hello, Fantasy Faithful. Welcome to Week 5 of the Fantasy Football Season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong play. Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins versus the Detroit Lions. While statistically this actually ranks as just the 20th best matchup for quarterbacks, much of that is due to facing San Francisco and Chicago. Detroit gave up over 24 fantasy points to Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, and Cousins should benefit from a healthier Dalvin Cook to keep the defense focused off of the passing attack. Also working in his favor, Detroit lost arguably its best pass rusher this past week, and Kirk Cousins has gone for three touchdowns or more in three of his last four games versus the Lions. Atlanta Falcons running back Mike Davis versus the New York Jets. Cordero Patterson has received all of the hype, and rightfully so, but Davis has managed to remain a weekly play. It hasn't been pretty, and he hasn't been explosive, but what better time to bring in a Jets defense that has given up 111.8 rushing yards per game, that's the seventh most, eight catches, the second most, and 72 yards to the air, also the second most, to the running back position. One in every 22.2 touches by RBs have made it into the end zone. Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We could see tons of short passes to Waddell against Tampa Bay if the Buccaneers can pressure Jacoby Brissett heavily. Last week, we saw signs of the Buccaneers' pass rush coming to life. In week four, Waddell saw only four targets, but he had 12 passes come his way the prior week against a very capable Las Vegas pass rush. More pressure could equal shorter passes to get the ball out of the hands faster for Jacoby Brissett. No Will Fuller also means more work for Jalen Waddle. Despite all of Tampa's injuries in the secondary, the existing personnel actually matches up fairly well with the wide receivers from Miami. Look for Waddle to be used as a quasi-running back in this game. Cincinnati Bengals tight end C.J. Ozoma against the Green Bay Packers. He was a two-touchdown performer last week and has only a minor role, but he gets a chance to show it wasn't a fluke against a defense that has allowed averages of over six catches a game, 56 yards per game, and a touchdown every eight and a quarter catches to the position. This is the number seven overall matchup in PPR, number eight in standard scoring, and Green Bay's secondary and linebacking core will really be scraping at the bottom of the barrel to provide adequate depth after several injuries in both layers. While there's a lot of fluidity about the personnel situation, what is static? Green Bay stinks at guarding tight ends. 
For more fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please check out the award-winning huddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus, as you wrote on the Raiders wire, the loss stings, but it's going to hurt even more when you've lost mm. uh, three corners to injury. So Trayvon Mullen, he left early in this one with a foot injury. Damon Arnett, he replaced Mullen, but he has a groin. He had to leave the game. And Nate Hobbs, who is our training camp star and earned himself, yeah. you know, he's earned himself a key role in the defense. He got a concussion late in the fourth quarter. So not only are the Raiders on a short week with the Bears coming to Vegas on Sunday and the Raiders coming off a Monday night game, but you know, three corners that are playing a lot of snaps for him are out and probably highly questionable going into this weekend. Yeah, and Casey Hayward, their best corner, uh, he had a hamstring injury in this one. I don't think it's as severe as the other one, but uh, in Gurdon's Tuesday press conference, he said they're very concerned about a couple of these. and He didn't want to break any bad news yet, but it sounds like a couple of these guys could be gone for a while. Um, Ryan, we're really close to having Hunter Renfro play cornerback for the Raiders. <laughs> well, he made a great uh, tackle on that point. So. Yeah, well, by the way, I mean, do you know who has the uh, more pass breakups this year between Damon Arnett and Hunter Renfro? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's Hunter Renfro. It's so, a hell of a play, uh, by the way. I, I, it, was, it was a fantastic play. But no, this is a team that's just really, really short on defensive backs right now. They're going to have to make some roster moves uh, over the next couple of weeks because it, I've got a feeling they're going to be without Mullen and Hobbs for a bit. Yeah, losing Hobbs is going to hurt. And Casey Hayward Jr., I mean, he's probably a projected starter going up against the Bears here. So if he's out with a hamstring, like, yeah. who the hell are they going to have? Just Amik Robertson? That's it? If you're going to have Amik Robertson, but he doesn't have any size. So when you're going up against Allen Robinson, that's going to be a, a little bit of a problem. So keep an eye on the Raiders wire to see uh, all the updated moves from, from the team. They did scrap pretty well considering the injuries against yes. Herbert, right? I mean, Herbert is, as you said, a freaking superstar. He's so freaking good. He only averaged 5.8 yards per completion, though. So while he was great and he methodically sliced and diced the Raiders for sure, and he was awesome, he didn't torch them by any means, right? And your next opponent is the Bears, and they've got the worst passing offense in football. Which they don't know it's, if it's Justin Fields or if it's Andy Dalton. So, mm. you know, I mean, can we take anything away from how the Raiders kind of competed and kept that game close? The defense did a, a decent job, at least in that second half, giving their team a chance, being down 21 nothing and having some injuries. Yeah, I was really impressed by their tackling. Like, they just didn't miss many tackles yeah. in this game. I thought they were really flying all over the place. So, against the Bears team that's pretty banged up, uh, no David Montgomery this week. That's going to be the most important thing because it's just an offense that's not going to be able to sustain long drives. So wrap up, tackle, get to third and long. And I don't care if it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton or Jim McMahon back there. They're not going to be able to convert that many first downs. So 
they should be okay. Yeah, no, this team is struggling. And um, I don't know if there's a franchise in football right now, Marcus, that hates their coach as much as the Bears and their fan base. Well, but, Jacksonville fans right now. That's true. Yeah, Urban Meyer was. Uh, he was. Uh, we won't, we won't. I, I, I take that back. I think Jacksonville fans are very happy with Urban right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah, Urban had a questionable weekend, to say the best, uh, say the least. That's a good point. But no, Bears fans have been out for Matt Nagy's head uh, because he's married to Andy Dalton. And the Bears fans, they just want justin fields to play and, and they're dying to see this this their next uh franchise quarterback be out there but uh matt Nagy almost got justin fields killed in that cleveland game where mm. miles garrett and jadavion Clowney are coming off the edges just burying justin fields every play and they don't really adjust and it was just a long long day for for justin fields and the bears beat the lions last week but i think matt Nagy, i don't think he's We're recording on a Tuesday. I don't think he's announced his starting quarterback yet. He's been saying if Andy Dalton's healthy, he's the guy. So weigh in on this. What do you think? Should if you were running the Bears, would you just roll with Justin Fields, who looks like he knows what he's doing? Or would you stay with Andy Dalton? Because why? Why why are we staying? Because we gave him 10 million guaranteed? Like, what do you think Listen, about I, this whole situation? As a uh, as a Cowboys fan, I watched Andy Dalton in basically every single game last year. Yep. And I was shocked that a team was dumb enough to give him $10 million <laughs> uh, this offseason. And then when you have Justin Fields as an option who I thought he looked pretty good last week. Like, he was throwing the ball down the field to Darnell Mooney. The offense started to make sense for the first time in, I don't know, decades. Why in the world would you take him out of this game? I, it, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It feels like Andy Dalton for the Raiders would be a little bit easier to prepare for than Fields, right? Because Fields can run. He well, can get outside the and, pocket. And, and that's the thing. If you ask Gus Bradley who he would rather face in this game, there's no doubt in my mind he would rather have Andy Dalton back there, right? He's way more of a statue. He's not going to challenge you down the field. So I would think if you're a Bears fan, Bears coach, Bears player, you, you do what the defense doesn't want you to do, and that's play Justin Fields. Yeah, it's another thing for fans to watch going into this game. Watch Raiders Wire, watch Bears Wire, see who the Bears are playing a quarterback. I'm sure Nagy's going to announce it probably mid to late week. And if Andy Dalton's healthy, I think that's where he's going to go, unless he's been lying to us. And Andy Dalton could easily start this game and Fields could get sprinkled in. And if that happens, um, I have to love the Raiders' chances, even with the injuries. I'm so sorry, Chicago. You you guys shouldn't have to do this every single year. But I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's going to be Andy Dalton. I think he's going to be healthy enough to play. And I don't expect him to look all that good, despite all of the injuries we just talked about on the Raiders side. Well, I might like the Raiders money line either way in this matchup with the Bears coming in to Vegas. Uh, mm. Let's talk about the spread and uh, the total. Marcus and I will make a pick coming up next. But first, our friends at the Sportsbook Wire have their play of the week. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Bet Slippin Podcast and SportsbookWire.com. Here with my colleague, Jeff Clark, to break down the Week 5 Sunday night football matchup between the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and a half point home favorites, minus 122 odds. The Bills, plus 2.5, minus 102. I'm really on the Chiefs here. They've had the much tougher schedule of the Bills. I think the Bills might be a little bit too used to playing cupcake opponents. And the Chiefs handled the Bills twice last season, including the AFC Championship game. This is a very manageable number for them. They're in the thick, or they're in the bottom of the AFC West. They need to start piling up the wins. The Bills are in cruise control atop the AFC East. 
Give me Kansas City. Jeff? Yeah, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills plus two and a half. Speaking of cupcake schedules, the Bills definitely play a cupcake schedule, but I don't think they're going to play an easier defense all season, the Kansas City Chiefs. They have more balance. They're better on both sides of the ball. Uh, they got a higher EPA differential, and I'm going to go with the Bills plus two and a half, and might even sprinkle a little bit on the dog's money line here. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typical sportsbook. For a limited time, new typical sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typical.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, 1-800-522-522. 4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus, the Raiders four and a half point favorites at home against the uh, Chicago Bears. Some key matchups in this game, right? The Raiders pass rush, which has been uh, awesome. And I think one of the cool storylines of the team is how how good this pass rush has been with Max Crosby. And they've got to be licking their their chops, right? We talked about that Browns game where Fields got sacked nine times. And if Andy Dalton's playing in, as you said, a statue in there, it could be a good day for uh, the Raiders pass rush to get after a, a bad offensive line. But you could probably flip that around, too, because I think the Bears have a really... You know, a scary pass rush as well with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith against a Raiders O-line that struggled against Bosa and company this past Monday night, right? So I think those two matchups are, are kind of interesting. The, uh, the line on both sides, both teams have really good pass rushes. Could be a tough day for the quarterbacks. Yeah, and I also mentioned Robert Quinn for the Bears yeah, has been yeah. playing some really good football. So Mack and Quinn off the edges is terrifying. But uh, the Raiders have played some good pass rushes already this season. We talked about Bosa. Obviously, they didn't handle that one particularly well. They did do a good job against TJ Watt and Melvin Ingram and those guys. So I think Gruden will have a, a strategy and a plan to go up against that pass rush. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the Bears are going to do against the Raiders because without a running game, you're missing your top two running backs. Uh, and if it is Andy Dalton, he just doesn't offer you any playmaking ability. I see this being a long day for Chicago's offense. I think the Raiders could struggle on on, on offense as well. I think they're going to have some some problems blocking those guys. But I just trust John Gruden a lot more than I do Matt Nagy. I do too. And but you know the Raiders are going to suck in the first half. That's yes, just, that's just what they do. Yes. Uh, but still, I look at I'm I'm looking at the typical sports book app. I'm looking at the lines, and I think I like the Raiders money line minus two twenty. I think okay. if you want to if you want to put that in a parlay or something, I, I think the Raiders are going to win the game. But the the spread right now is four and a half points, Marcus. And that's a lot of points Four and a half. You know, that means you're, you basically <laughs> got to win it by a touchdown. I mean, basically, um, that's a tough one. I don't have a lot of faith in the Bears, but, you know, they do have some receivers. As you said, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney and the Raiders are very banged up in the secondary. So if they can get the ball to those guys, could be some chance to make some plays. I like the Raiders to win it. But do you think they win by five or more? No, that's just too many points. It just feels like a field goal type of game, yep. a 23 to 20. Yeah, it just I, I know the Bears record's not great. And, you know, they've got a lot of questions. It's just a short week for the Raiders. Feels like this is going to be a close game that comes down to a to a final kick. I'm with you. The Raiders love to win dramatically. This is where I was going to yes. go with this. They love it. They love it. And I'm nervous about four and a half because I could easily see them doing some dramatic thing where they pull it out of their ass late and they win by a field goal or, or less, exactly. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm staying away from the spread. I might bet the money line. 
The total's at 45 and a half, and it feels like it's on the way down. And I'd mm. probably back the under if I can get it at 45 and a half or 46. I just think I don't see a ton of points being scored in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the under is a good play here. I, I, I just don't see a way the Bears get to 23 or more. I think the Raiders are going to struggle a little bit on offense because of those edge rushers. I do think the front seven for Chicago is really good. Uh, again, low scoring, one possession game. It's great for the under. What kind of Raiders team are we going to see, Marcus? Are we going to see a Raiders team that can uh, that cannot be down fourteen uh, nothing right when the game starts? Is that can can we do one of those things? I'm not sure, but we're going to see an entertaining one. Yeah. We've learned nothing else about John Gruden over the last couple of years. They do every there's they play a no typical regular game. Everything has to be off the walls crazy. I expect nothing different in this. No, one. they've been great. I mean, two Monday night football games in the first four weeks, and they haven't disappointed. I'm on. I'm on the East Coast. There's a lightning delay somehow uh, with the uh, stadium over there, and there's a lightning delay. The game starts late, and I'm. I should be nodding off, but no, the Raiders are keeping me awake and entertained in the second half, trying to make a comeback. So. Uh, wow. us- us East Coast dads are struggling yeah, right now. When these yeah. guys get over at 12 o'clock every night, we're, we're struggling. Yeah, we are. So thanks for checking into the podcast this week. We appreciate you all. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend. Enjoy some football this weekend. We'll catch you next time. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle podcast inside the weekly line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' podcast. We'll see you again next week.